Welcome back to The Francisca Show, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I'm Francisca, a singer, composer, and also your host. And today we have Hillel Kapnick, a producer, singer, musician, DJ, who owns and operates an up-top recording studio in Muncie. And it is so exciting to have you here because you are our first male on The Francisca Show, and you will give us a whole perspective of an expert who has been riding this journey in the Jewish entertainment, who has tremendous exposure in the field, and you have seen both sides, and I feel like you can truly compare facts and what's really going on. So welcome, Hillel. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Let's start with what you do. At this point, maybe what what you started with. Fair enough. Okay, so the the I guess the short version is um, I work as a, I don't know what the technical term is these days, but a studio engineer or producer. Uh, sometimes those terms are a little bit interchangeable um, in terms of uh, producing music, uh, arranging music, uh, mixing and mastering music, uh, sometimes composing music. Um, and playing uh, a number of instruments involved in the producing of that music and uh, programming music and things like that. Um, and outside of that, I also play music at Simcha's Live as a one-man band um, and as a DJ and occasionally as a singer as well. So that really reminds me of me because you, you're you a one-man job. You basically do everything That's it. Yeah, from, it's a from the engineering, <laughs> from the technical part to the actual execution and the entertainment part to the marketing and promotion and probably counts payable and you deal with the taxes end of it. So that reminds me very much of me. And tell us how you – maybe tell us a little bit as a man and starting in the field – do you feel like the market, you know, welcomed you or do you feel like you had to fight and you still have to fight for every gig? You know, give us the male perspective. And I know I spend a lot of time complaining on the show about what the women have to deal with on the side. So maybe, you know, bring some facts out, lay it out, tell us that it's challenging for the men as well. And then we'll go <laughs> more into how it's really much easier for the men. <laughs> Fair enough. We can We can attempt to even the playing field a little bit. Um, so one, even, even before that, I would just go back and just make a little amendment to, uh, at the beginning of the show. Um, I think I was, uh, introduced as a, as an expert of sorts. The only amendment I would make to that is, uh, I certainly don't claim to be an expert. That's for sure. Um, I do find, um, I guess the best example would be this, uh, a number of years ago. Um, in fact, I've, I've actually been thinking about bringing it back for a rerun. Um, a number of years ago, I came out with, uh, I think it was the first guy to do this. I came out with an ebook called the, uh, the, I think it was the top 10 or just the 10 that I think it was the top 10, the top 10 ways to make it in the Jewish music business. And at the time, um, and I knew right away when I came out with this, that, uh, I, I was still, you know, fair for the most part, starting off within the business. And I knew right away that there were people, uh, there would be people coming out and saying like, who's this guy? that thinks he's, you know, he's got it all figured out. And, um, I actually put into the, uh, the introduction of this ebook that, uh, it's similar to like, um, for anyone that's ever gone through the Mesilas Yasharim, um, is, uh, uh, not that I'm comparing myself at all, but <laughs> for lack of a better example, um, in the beginning of the Mesilas Yasharim, one of the things that, uh, um, the Ramchal says is that there's basically nothing inside of this safer that you don't know already. All I'm doing is basically triggering your memory. 
and you're going to read this and you're going to say, yeah, of course I know that. But the truth is, you know it and you don't practice it. So a, a lot of the things, oh, pretty much every single thing in that book was literally things that I uh, that I experienced just just, you know, along the way and that I saw to work and that other people just weren't doing the most simple, <laughs> really the most simple things. Um, things that really just boil down to just being, you know, out there, putting yourself out there and, and, uh, going to meet people and, and, you know, getting your name out into the, you know, out into the bigger picture and out into the field, so to speak. Um, and, and it's really not as hard as people would think it is. That's, I think that's what it boils down to in terms of, so to speak, uh, making it, uh, in this business. Like the, one of the best examples I give a lot of people, um, that, for whatever reason, decide that I'm the guy they should ask for advice uh, in terms of, of making their way in this business is that, uh, I mean, I, m there's a lot of people that um, right away jump when they discuss the Jewish music business and they say, you know, you need connections to make it. You have to either be from Crown Heights or you got to be from Brooklyn. You got to know all the big players. And if that were the case, then certainly myself, a guy who grew up in Connecticut of all places, you know, some random out-of-towner guy. There's no reason why I should be making a living in the Jewish music business right now. Right. No, I do agree. It comes down to hard hard work and hustling more than connections. Connections will only get you so far, and the hard work is what's going to keep you there. And the truth is, even more than hard work is really, and it's going to sound so ridiculous to a lot of people, um, and then there will be the people who, who will be like, oh, really? That's what it is? Oh, how about that? Is Is really just... I don't know if I can sum it up better than just being a mensch and going above and beyond for the people that you work for. There's a, there's a saying I think I saw, saw uh, somewhere once, which said, uh, you know, the best way to build your business is to under-promise and over-deliver. And if you become that person, then people already are going to be just trying to knock down your door. Obviously, you have done that for your clients who came to you to produce their music. I know you've produced um lipa schmelzer and i know you worked with penny schachter yeah uh penny schachter was um it was the first album that i uh the first album that i fully produced after quitting my day job how about some female names out there have you worked with any of them so on that end i've worked with um i recently mastered uh, the latest single for a group called uh, the eighth note um, that should not to be mistaken with Yossi Green's eighth note. So uh, I, I mastered their, uh, I think that that was the last female group that I did work for was uh, was for their latest single. Are there any other female names you can drop? So I do a lot of uh, production work uh, in terms of on, um, on production productions, uh, the big plays that typically uh, girls high schools will put on. So I've done that for uh, Ateres, uh, Bass Yaakov and Muncy, um, and Muncy's Bass Chaya Mushka. Um, I think are the two most recent, um, and then a number of uh, a number a number of uh, uh, female solo artists, uh, a couple in Lakewood, um, and I, I think a couple in Muncie as well. Over the years, have contacted me about making backing tracks for concerts and things like that. Okay, so you've been involved and you've been hearing the women work and and develop themselves professionally and artistically. So can you tell us from your side wh what the vision is? Do you see it actually becoming a real female market? Do you see us leveling 
our playing field with the male side. Obviously, we don't have the same opportunities such as, you know, weddings and bar mitzvahs and even bat mitzvahs are limited to female performers. But can you elaborate more on, does our vision of actually having a real market for the for the women a possibility? So it's, uh, I, I think it's really just about um, I, I think one of the things it really boils down to is is not necessarily like especially when we're talking about a niche, which I mean the Jewish the Jewish mar- music market itself is is a niche in in the greater world, and and certainly the the female Jewish music market is a, even a, is a much is a much smaller niche within that niche. Um, I think a lot of it is just uh, coming to, I guess coming to terms and and realizing that yes you know. You, you know, you may end up being in a niche within a niche, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Okay, so let's continue with this. Let's say a female artist came to you, such as myself or someone who is starting out, and said, I want to hire you as my label, which would include being a producer, the marketer. How big can you make her? So how high would the sky be? So the... The trick is, is to, is, you know, like in most businesses is really that a lot of times it takes a little bit of creativity and certainly a little bit of thinking outside the box. Um, to, to give an example, um, someone recently came to me with an idea, which is, uh, it's actually not music based at all. And it had to do with, uh, with an activity, um, they, they haven't, they're still in the middle of launching. So I don't know if I'm actually officially at liberty to, to Share tell over what, what the idea actually was, but basically a, a certain activity um, that they that that's semi-portable that they wanted to start uh, bringing to uh, bar and bas mitzvahs. So make it the same way that people will have photo booths and, and things like that at, at some of these events, um, that this should be a new, uh, a brand new thing that they can bring. And in my head, when they told me that, um, once I saw the idea and I and I you know started to get an idea of, of what I would feel it's capable of, I think that they're actually um, putting themselves in the box to what most people would typically do. Um, and I think that if that's the only way they market this uh, this activity, um, they're going to end up limiting themselves to a very large degree when really what they could be doing is pre- is presenting themselves with all the hotels that are having Shabbatones, and Yuntif programs, and they can go big on this instead of a bar mitzvah where they'll have maybe, you know, 30 to 50 people by the time the event's over um, engage in this activity. Um, they could bring it to a hotel and, and be set up there for a couple days straight and be way more successful than they ever thought they would, you know, thinking much smaller. So the, the truth is we're only to a certain degree where we end up only being as limited as we limit ourselves, if that makes sense. Okay, so are you saying that women should be approaching Pesach hotels and other programs for Jewish people? Because I have approached, I have approached programs, and they don't like the idea of splitting up their audiences. Like they like their speakers and their entertainers and their program to be available for everyone. I mean, if they're splitting people up, it would be the children and the adults. Right. So what? Yeah. So absolutely. So definitely one thing, you know, to keep in mind, even when you're attempting to be creative and think outside the box, is that there may actually be limits, but those limits don't have like it does. Those don't have to be the only options. Um, 
contacting Pesach hotels uh, for female artists might actually be a pretty good idea. There's a there's definitely a, a solid chance that many of them won't go for it, especially if they're so um, if they're so used to a, a typical you know having one or two male performers come to a concert or something like that where everyone can be involved, um, which just means that whoever is pitching it to them has to do a better job of showing them that they'll actually benefit from it. You know, it's the, uh, it's the equivalent of, uh, like I, every so often I have a, you know, I'll get a couple calls from younger guys who, uh, who want to get into the singing business and they'll, they'll call me up and say, you know, do you have any advice? Are there any jobs that you know of that we can get involved in? And the truth is, is I, going back, I remember, I can actually remember, I'm not that old myself, but I can remember uh, back in the day when a guy who wanted to sing could call up one of the big one man bands and say, uh, you know, I'd be glad to sing with you for free. And assuming the guy had a semi-good voice, a lot of the one-man bands out there would absolutely take that guy on a job, you know, even for, you know, even if it was just for free. And then if they, you know, if they built a rapport together and they were, you know, working very nicely together, then that might even turn into into something else, you know, it, into something bigger. Nowadays, those, in, in my humble experience, I'm pretty sure those days are gone because nowadays singers are really a dime a dozen. Um, and everyone wants to sing everyone, you know, it's, it's become a, it's become a very, very large market. And as a result, singers or potential singers, you could say, have to work much, much harder, um, if they really want to get themselves out there, which means, you know, going back to these principles, um, it might mean being creative. It might mean thinking outside the box. Um, you know, for, for a long time now, singers have uh, come out with singles and music videos and things like that to start getting their name moving around, especially around, especially now with, uh, with social media being as big as it is. Um, but sometimes it means going even past that. Like that's already the typical at this point. So it might mean coming up with ideas that go even, you know, go even past that, uh, you know, what the typical is. Okay. So I, we have established the thinking outside the box. I understand all of that. My, my bigger question is, since there are these two categories, there's one like building the brand awareness and doing things for free for the brand awareness. And then there's this other goal, which for some people don't have that as a goal, which is the monetizing aspect. As of now, all of my research pointed to you can do you can do all of that to bring brand awareness and maybe make your name big but you won't necessarily make it profitable or even sustainable to cover its own costs. So my question is, do you see a female artist actually being able to sustain herself or maybe even make a profit from this? Which brings me to hiring someone like you to potentially be creative and get me places, which would mean obviously doing gigs for free or other promotional things that cost money or don't bring in money, how much of it is justifiable in terms of do you believe there can be profit made off of the female market or this is just purely for someone to build their brand name and become big in terms of name recognition? So this might just be the, uh, you know, the entrepreneur in me speaking, but I, I do, I do firmly believe you can make money off of anything. Now, that being said, it can't be it's it's a funny thing because it kind of uh it, it almost seems to contradict each other um but you can pretty much find a way for the most part to make money off of off of doing just about anything in almost any niche uh you know whether music or otherwise um that being said it can't be about the money 
because the second uh, the second someone is on uh, is 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 not genuine anymore, um, and and it becomes all about the money. That's usually where it starts to go wrong. <laughs> so so that, let me stop one. you right there and clarify: it wasn't about the money, except oh, no, eventually became. I'm spending, 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 spending. I don't see anything ever coming back, except for ten dollars here and ten dollars there. Um, that it became just impossible to continue. Absolutely. So, so it wasn't I, I, about the money, it became about the money, and it made me bitter for a long time. So, in, and, and, and to answer the question, anything can become sustainable, when I see people, you know, I meet them at shul or at someone's Shabbos table, they'll say, oh, what about teaching music? And I'll be like, that's the equivalent of me having any part-time job or any full-time job that will allow me to spend money on the music, which does not translate into my music actually making money for myself. Because teaching just... It could just be any other job. Right. So I wouldn't consider so that, that being so that, making money. That's what I'm trying to say. 100%. So the, the trick, uh, the, or one of the tricks, I guess I should say, certainly not the only one, um, is finding ways uh, to push your, you know, uh, in your case it would be your music, um, or for others, you know, whatever it is that, that they are trying to push out there. The trick is to find ways um, that don't actually end up taking, you know, preferably any investment and if there if there was any then preferably as little as possible so um that being said instead of just dropping that um to actually give like a, like an actual example um exactly. going back to to one of the things from before in terms of social media um so i i'm not really one of those people who who spends money on on paid ads on uh, facebook and instagram and things like that that being said um you know bully ayanhara the amount of money that has come in as a result of those two platforms, and and the truth is even Twitter, although Twitter is not what it used to be, um, on those, I guess, three platforms, the amount of money that has come in is absolutely astounding. And that's without spending a dollar on advertising. So I can, again, push the mail agenda because <laughs> I have not seen that work uh, for me or other people in terms of using Facebook. I mean, maybe Hanali. Have you heard of Hanali? Absolutely. Um, started... Her and I actually just finished up a project for uh, for someone in Crown Heights recently, a, a kid CD. Wow. Yeah, so she she has made Facebook work for her, I think, with her videos. And... Right, So the exactly. So the advantage of something like that, or the truth is even with uh, with your podcast that we're on right now, um, the advantage of something like this is that to, to a certain extent, you can pretty much do it in your own time, which means you're not set, you know, the same way, uh, like you gave the example of, a, of giving music lessons or something like that. You're not set to something the same way you would be with a typical day job. Um, but that being said, you're catering to a very specific group of people um, who will actually enjoy that. Now I'm sure there's people who who don't in, who don't who wouldn't specifically enjoy this podcast or wouldn't specifically enjoy her videos, but the people who would, that's your market. Right. So the challenge is finding these people. Right now Absolutely. there's a big challenge of educating uh, the people what a podcast is, so I feel like I have to teach them how to go onto their phones and download the app. That's been one of the bigger challenges of exposing this this project. So, um, so I feel like this became a little bit, I, don't, I feel like we a little bit went off track of what I wanted, at least the way I wanted to portray myself, but I felt like using myself as an example might be a better way to 
to publicize your opinion for our um, advantage. Continue. So um, you know what? Actually, this just popped into my head. I'll give a I'll give a good example. Um, I saw. So I, I happen to every so often I'll read a, a business book here and there. Um, and for what it's worth, I'll just give this as general advice for anyone for anyone listening to this. If you're gonna buy a business book, buy one and go through it. You know, feel free to implement whatever you find is helpful and then move on to the next one. If you buy 10 at a time, it's never going to happen. That's 100% true. So what I'm hearing from you is that be creative and it might take you in a different direction. Now, my issue with that is that people come to me and say, you know, if you just be sing with a different accent and you're more Hamish or if you just market yourself less of a, as a pop star more of as an inspirational speaker slash singer um, that would give you more opportunity that would bring you more to the nation I agree with the aspects of what they're saying the problem is my passion for what I do is is the way I'm doing it right now and changing Absolutely. it up yeah, changing I, it up to bring in a profit I, I, would not make it enjoyable for me to a point where if it's already this hard and challenging to make a profit from something like this, maybe just keep it as a hobby and, and keep my professional and, and profit aspirations in a different field like business or my other ventures that I do to make money. And meaning keep it separate. Keep doing the things you like doing and don't expect a profit from it. So really my goal from this session, from this interview, would have been, you know, convince me to become your client. Tell me that you can make me into a star. Tell me that you can make my name, you know, recognized anywhere. My issue is that, <laughs> is that even if you tell me all of that, that I can make a profit, it would probably take changing a lot of things about the way I do things. Well, well, yes and no, meaning that I... I it might change the the methods of you know so to speak reaching the people and i'll give a i'll give a great example for this there are a number of uh, of orchestras and and you know jewish uh, jewish wedding bands and uh, and uh, one man bands and dj's out there who uh, you know I, I can't think of a nicer way to say it uh, who are you know so to speak from the last generation so in this case when i say last generation i mean before social media was as large as it is now um, you know, I'm certainly. I feel very, very blessed to be, <laughs> to be, uh, to have been born into into a generation where I can actually wrap my head around computers and social media, and for the most part, I get it. Um, but there are a lot of guys out there who were in this business long before I was, who uh, are are absolutely. I, I don't know if I want to use the word suffering, but they're certainly uh, working a lot harder than they had to, than they used to have to, in order to pull in uh, whether it's weddings or events. Because they don't have, you know, they, they haven't really come around either either because of lack of, uh, of knowledge when it comes to, to technology and the way it's evolved over the last number of years. Or simply, and this, is, this tends to be more common for many people, is just because people don't like change. And, and that's, you know, that's unfortunate. I don't like change either. But the reality is it happens. So it's one of those things. I mean, I can, I can tell you even for myself, this certainly isn't as large of a change as what it might be for some other people. But roughly uh, six, seven years ago, it's going to sound it's going to sound a little bit funny, but roughly six, seven years ago, there was a very large amount of um, of to of talking and and discussions about Jewish music on Twitter of all platforms. And at the time, I still this is back when I, I actually had a day job. I wasn't doing music full time. 
And uh, I was at a day job where uh, at the time I didn't really enjoy it. But I guess, uh, you know, you look back and hindsight is uh, is twenty twenty. And uh, I'm, now I feel a little bit more blessed to have had a job which really didn't take that much effort. And so every so often I was able to jump into these conversations. And I found that uh, I found that as a result, I ended up getting bookings. I mean, once people realize that, you know, to, to whatever degree, you know what you're talking about, they end up contacting you, you know, when they want to do their project. Now, at a certain point that that just went away. Uh, Twitter kind of faded. Um, if it does still exist, I'm certainly unaware of it. Um, and as a result, I almost never use it anymore. Meanwhile, Instagram of all, of all platforms has become the next biggest thing. So it, it wasn't fun to have to switch over. And, and it actually, um, I mean, for, for someone who, uh, who handles his own marketing, uh, it might be, it might sound ridiculous of me to say this. It took me a very long time to sign up for Instagram because at the time I said, what is this ridiculous platform? All they let you do is pictures like Facebook. You can post anything. And here it's just pictures and maybe videos. And I, I didn't really get it. I didn't, maybe I didn't want to get it. Um, and at a certain point I contacted a friend of mine who also works in the, uh, in the marketing, uh, industry and, and, uh, I contacted him and one or two other guys also within that same industry. And I asked them, you know, what do you think? Should I sign up? And the best answer I got was someone wrote back and he said, well, why not? And I'm like, you know what? That's a good answer. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and ever since then it's been a, it's been a different ball game. So change is never fun. But that being said, I will, uh, I will say that the, Although it might mean changing the methods in terms of how to reach the people and how to market yourselves, um, you certainly don't have to change yourself. Meaning, out in the out in in the Jewish music world, you know, there's a lot of different. Just to use, I guess, vocalists and singers as an example, there are a number of singers out there from all different. You know, it's going to sound somewhat cliched, but from all different walks of life and from all different sects within Judaism, whether it's Hasidish or. Uh, or, you know, yeshivish, if we're going to stereotype a little bit, you know, and, and on and on from every place imaginable. And there are many, many of these people all within different groups that are all pulling in a, uh, you know, are all pulling in a, a, a living from this. So it's not really a one size fits all. Um, but it certainly doesn't mean having to uh, having to change yourself, at least not in my in my humble opinion. Right. Well, you've said a lot of positive things, which is nice for me to hear. I know I challenge everything you say. At least that's how I felt. I don't know. Oh, I'm open to that. It's all good. <laughs> I don't know what the listeners think. Did I challenge you enough? But um, I think we'll close up our interview with uh, parting words or any other, you know, you spoke about being creative a lot. And I know I've been trying to get more ideas out of you, even though you gave examples. I didn't necessarily get so much practical things I can use myself. Maybe I'm just ignoring them on purpose. <laughs> but maybe share a little bit about the vision. Let's say you had your ideal client who's ready to pay you whatever it takes um, to really take her to the top, make her make her the biggest thing you could be possibly in the Colisha market. Tell us what that would look like and and what would you need to get her there. So in an ideal okay, world where Coley should so, um, just so paint I, us that picture. So one thing I would say is that I'm not I'm not sure you want me to give over all the ideas that are popping into my head because you might want to hear those after the show. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, that being said, for sure, one thing I would I would just preface everything with is that no matter who I'm doing work for, whether it's in a studio capacity or or working with live, 
is the one thing that always sells me on on even a client. Like you would think you would think that a, a client, you know, if someone comes to uh, I don't know, someone comes to buy something at Walmart, right? They don't really uh, they don't really you know interview you so to speak and say, well, are you are you actually qualified to buy these paper towels? You know, it's you know it's in and out. Um, that being said, with the people that I work for, uh, for the most part. Um, I really do my best to try to work specifically with people who get as excited about their craft or their or their singing or their music uh, as I get about mine and as I and as I am going to get about theirs as well. So I, I've had people, you know, there there are certainly people out there that are looking for a quick fix. Like we mentioned before, the idea of like being patient, which really is it's it's one of the hardest things to do. Um, but it really is one of the most important as well. There are a lot of people out there looking for a quick fix that just say, well, if I can, if I can find someone who does, you know, social media management, because I can't really wrap my head around it. And, uh, you know, I'll pay them a couple hundred dollars per month to be running all my accounts and posting pictures and videos and things like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, and, and, you know, automatically there'll just be a huge boom and suddenly everyone will know my name and everyone will be contacting me for bookings and things like that. It doesn't really work like that because there's downsides to, first of all, you know, in general, there's really no quick fix for, for just about anything. There's no, you know, magic bullet. Um, and, uh, but, but that be, you know, and that being said, a lot of times, sometimes it's even the opposite for those, you know, considering that, that option. Um, sometimes it even has the opposite effect because a lot of times, especially if you're somewhat social media savvy, you can almost always pick out the accounts, which are not being run by the person themselves because they just seem to be a little too uh, non-personal, if that makes sense. Yes, of course. And uh, this is actually, I, I just heard this, I, I'm going to have to give credit to, to the guy himself. I, uh, over Pesach, I did uh, some lighting for a concert in uh, Stamford, Connecticut by one of the Pesach hotels. And uh, one of the performers there was, uh, was a friend of mine, uh, Yumi Lowy, uh, who's very popular on the, on the wedding scene right now as a vocalist. And we happened to be schmoozing after the show. And one of the things he said to me, I thought was uh, I thought it was unbelievable because I've been saying to this to, I've been saying this to people for for a very long time and meanwhile to hear it from someone who's you know a celebrity so to speak you know it was nice to be uh, to be validated is he told me he said uh, he's like I've never had a manager he said because if if I if you have a manager then a client calls you you know let's say a client somehow gets your number so they call you and you say you know what speak to my manager now it might make you feel big and important. Oh, I have a manager, you know, he needs to go through a gatekeeper before they can get to me. Meanwhile, that guy calls the manager. The manager then has to call you to find out your availability and the price you're willing to do it for. Then the manager has to call back the client. At that point, there's a good chance you've already lost the job. On, and on the other hand, if the client calls you directly and you book the job yourself, you know your availability, you hopefully know what your pricing is set at, you can have the job booked in five minutes, and now the client has has created a personal connection with you, which is far better than you know than any interaction they would have had with your manager. So I agree with you, and I've definitely lost clients because I I tried the manager route. However, um, that that's an ideal situation where it all worked out. But what if uh, they're not paying, or they're going back and being you know difficult about the details? It's it's not it's forget about the oh, unprofessional part. It it takes away from the art part. It makes it much oh, more. Oh, absolutely, tedious. absolutely. 
and yeah, unpleasant. Yeah, so there's, there's definitely what to say for, I mean, although uh, although I'm a huge fan of, of dealing with bookings personally, um, there are definitely those people out there who are not uh, business-minded as much. And in their case, it might make sense to to maybe even call the client to discuss the booking and then say, you know, I'm going to hand you off to someone who's, you know, creating the actual appointment, um, you know, or, or something along those lines, because there certainly are, uh, I mean, there's certainly people that I've dealt with um, who really are, are super talented um, and, uh, and unbelievable to work with, but they really aren't business savvy. And a lot of times that can work out as a loss for them. Uh, whether in terms of being able to stay on top of uh, on top of their own bookings or all the details needed for that booking, um, but uh, yeah, absolutely. So there there are certainly times where stuff does need to be handed off to a third party. But just as a as a principle, in terms of personally uh, connecting, you know, especially now with with social media being what what it is, certainly even in the in the secular world as well, there has never been a time, uh, to my knowledge, throughout history where you could have, you know, a 12 or 13 year old kid who is getting paid to take pictures on uh, on a platform like Instagram where there are certain brands that are positioned somewhere within the picture and that brand is then paying that 12 year old kid, you know, hundreds if not thousands if not tens of thousands of dollars to do that for them as if it's a favor for them. Like that's the generation we're currently living in. Which and and it just goes to show that that uh, you know that personal connection, whether it be with fans um, or potential fans, as the case may be, or potential uh, uh, collaborators for projects and things like that, um, it's it's never been more important uh, to be real and to be uh, you know a, a mensch and to be uh, and and to create a personal connection with those people. It's certainly not easy, uh, but it pays off far more than the uh, than the alternative. You definitely touched upon a lot of important things and I feel like it was really important to bring you in as a guest for the show because you have a true entrepreneurial spirit who's not afraid of the Kalisha market who's not afraid of the entertainment and music business market to begin with so it's been really encouraging and nice for all of us to hear about your ideas and about your positive vision and energy would you like to announce a few links that people can find you at for booking or for hiring? My main website, probably one of the best ways to reach me, is uh, Hillel Caps. That's uh, H-I-L-L-E-L-K-A-P-S.com. Um, whether through the the, contra- the contact form on there, um, I'm pretty sure all the uh, social media accounts that I'm using, whether it's uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, or YouTube, um, is also just a Hello Caps at the end. So it's uh, Facebook.com slash Hello Caps and Instagram.com slash Hello Caps and so on and so forth. Um, certainly any questions that anybody has uh, about uh, about any of the things we said today, um, I would absolutely be glad to address. Um, and uh, on that on that note, they might even want to send any of those questions to you because uh, depending on the amount of questions that come in, it might be worth it to do a follow-up episode. Maybe. And is there any promotion or anything special that you'd like to offer? Okay. Um, so, yeah, anyone uh, anyone who uh, who wants to contact me and, and mention that they heard this on the show, gladly be willing to give a, a 10% off of your next live event. That is so exciting. Thank you so much for sharing this exclusive offer on The Francisca Show. And we really hope... We can do a follow-up interview based on the questions you will be submitting. The questions will be taken either via email to franciscak at gmail.com or you can submit them on the Francisca Show podcast Facebook group. And uh, for all those listening to this, um, 
first of all, uh, thank you so much, uh, Francesca, for having me on the show. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I hope that if, you know anything that we said on the show, even if one one little uh, tidbit, I you know is uh, is what gets into your head. I, I hope that something helps um, helps one of at least one of you listening uh, along your journey of trying to you know push whatever it is uh, on a creative angle, whether it's your music or your art or both. And um, that being said, definitely feel free to, uh, to check out Francisca's music. Uh, I personally have not heard any of it <laughs> um, due to that whole, uh, you know, Coalitia thing we know about. But I do hear good things and uh, very much looking forward to, uh, to hearing everyone's questions. Thank you so much for coming on our show. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please make sure to leave us a review. Subscribe and share this show with people you think may also enjoy it. See you next time.